You're listening to the Doing Life with Goodwin on the Radio podcast. Thank you again for joining me for another edition of the podcast. Today, I'm speaking with Leslie Neese, former radio host. She also has a podcast, manager and fitness instructor, and former Survivor China castaway. I hope you enjoy our conversation. Thank you for being with me today, Leslie Neese. I appreciate you taking some time out and spending the time with me right here on the podcast. Oh, I'm excited to be here. So fun. So good to talk with a friend. I haven't talked to you in so long. I know. It has been a long time. Well, a lot has happened since the last time that we have chatted. Let's take our listeners back just a little bit and start with giving them some backstory to you, who you are, where you came from. We'll talk about radio a little bit, which is absolutely a joy for both of us because we both have that experience in our lives. But then also the show Survivor which you were a part of. But yeah, let's go backwards first. Share with me about who Leslie Neese is. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, I'm currently a mom of four grown adults. uh, So I'm an empty nester recently. I am married, been married for 32 years to my husband, Rod. Love him so much. He is my best friend and my biggest supporter. I grew up kind of a military brat. So we moved around a lot. I actually graduated from high school in Okinawa, Japan. Okay. So I think that kind of started my thirst, I guess, for adventure. And, uh, and I'm very adaptable. And I think that that helps uh, with some of the choices that I've made in my life as an adult. But I mean, if I could take you back, I I would just tell you as as a young girl, I was the girl that was always having to sit in the hallway because I kept talking. (laughs) Um, and I was always in trouble. I was always in trouble because Leslie talks too much. If you look at all of my report cards, Leslie's just talking too much. And, you know, and I giggle because I think, you know, I thought that was such a bad thing, but I just couldn't right. help myself. And, and it ended up being something that I did for a living. So I, yep. you know, watch your kids, watch what they're getting in trouble <laughs> what they're, Yeah. And what they're good and at. Yeah. Yeah, and help them refine those skills, you know, like if they're really bossy, they're probably going to be a great leader one day, but you got to teach them (laughs) how to be a leader. But anyway, I do remember specifically in fourth grade, there was a poetry contest, and it was Valentine's Day, and I wrote a poem. I don't even remember what it was about. I mean, I've always loved to write poetry, any really anything. I'm just a writer. I love words. I love communicating, and um, I won this contest, and the prize was that I got to read it over the loudspeaker at Tuscarora Elementary School. And so I was sitting there and they turned the microphone on and I had a microphone in front of my face for the very first time in my life. <laughs> okay. And I read this poem and it wasn't even a sad poem, but the whole time I was reading it and I was hearing my voice on this mic, like tears Aww. were just falling down my face. And I could not, like, literally it just perplexed me the rest of my life until... Fast forward 2004, I was sitting down doing the morning show on a radio. I had just gotten hired as the morning show co-host at New Life 91.9 in Charlotte. Mm -hmm. And we were just about to go live. And I looked at that microphone and I remembered that moment. Mm. And like all of a sudden the tears came again. And, you know, my co-host was like, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. I'll be good. I'll be good. Because it just. It was almost like that was when God deposited that dream in my heart. Mm. And I didn't even know what it was, but I knew it was powerful and it was bigger than I was. And so really, I haven't looked back. You know, I I never studied communication in school. 
Okay. I mean, I was in, in journalism. I, I was like the editor of the school newspaper. You know, I was a communicator, but I never went to school for it. Okay. And the way I ended up on the radio was so funny. A, a friend of mine at church, he worked at New Life 91.9, sort of like a fill-in when people were gone. Mm-hmm. And he got wind of the fact that I, on a whim, went up to New York City and auditioned for the Regis and Kelly co-host search. Okay. And this was when Kelly was pregnant. Okay. And, um, yeah, and so I, you know, I sat in line all night long in the drizzling, freezing rain with, you know, so many other people. I was the 24th person in line. They opened those doors and sent everybody through, and I was the first one that they picked as a finalist in New York City. Hmm. So, of course, you know, all the radio stations in Charlotte were like, oh, my gosh, we've yeah. got somebody who's a finalist and blah, blah, blah. So I'm doing all these interviews on the morning shows and they're asking, you know, is this something you want to do? I'm like, I don't know what's going on. I just felt like I needed to do that. And, you know, I ended up not getting the gig, but my friend was like, you know, I wonder if you'd be good. They're looking for a morning show co-host at New Life 91.9. And they had been searching for months and hadn't found anybody yet. And so I, I sent an audition video and I'll explain why. Have you ever heard of anybody doing that in radio? <laughs> Since 2001, I had been auditioning for Survivor. Mm-hmm. Every six months, I would send in a video and say why I would be the ultimate Survivor. So I knew how to make a good audition video. And I thought, this way I can introduce myself, you know, and hi, I'm Leslie. I'd love to talk to you about being your morning show co-host. Here's why I think I'd be great at it. And I'm wearing overalls. You know, I was just very, it was, I don't know what I was, really, I don't know what I was thinking. At this point <laughs> in my life, I'm like, what the heck were you doing? I was like, anyway, then I heard back from them about a month later. And apparently the guy who would have looked at it was on vacation for a long time. So hmm. I thought they were all like laughing at me like right. in a room going, Oh my gosh, who is this, <laughs> who is this crazy this? <laughs> woman? You know? And, but when he came back, he called me like right away. He's like, Oh my word, I have never seen anything like that. We have to meet you. Uh, so I went in and I did some, you know, like test shows for like a month. And then they finally hired me. So, hmm. yeah. And it was just a God thing. I don't get it. I, I can't I can't say that I ever, like, went to college and studied right. and knew everything. I was just a mom who loved Jesus, who was their target market. Yeah. And I could connect with people. I've always been a connector. I love uh, – that's just part of who I am. I love encouraging people and building people up. And I want them to have a really good experience with me. You know what I mean? Right. And so I think that's why it worked. So that is yeah, so that's my cool. story. And so how long were you <laughs> at that station? I was there probably four and a half years. Uh, I did the morning show for a couple years. Uh, and, and funny story, <laughs> in my, uh, in my uh, I guess, interview process, I met with Joe Paulo, who was the station's manager, several times. And in one of those meetings, I said, listen, I try out for Survivor every six months. <laughs> And I'm actually going to get picked one day. I just know it. So I just want to let you know up front, I'm going to need some time off at some point. (laughs) And he just laughed. You know, they all thought it was so fun. Ah, She's got this great, you know, free spirit. (laughs) And so when I I was picked to be on the show in 2007, so I had been there for three years, I went into Joe's office and I go, I'm going to tell you something, but you can't say a word. And you have to tell me yes, because you said you would. <laughs> he goes, no, survivor called. I was like, yep. He knew it. And uh, yeah. So, you know, he was like, well, of course we're behind you. Of course, you know, and 
So it was really, it was a neat That experience. is cool. So, so yeah. you went to Survivor. Tell me about that process. Then after you were chosen, what did that look like? Time frame until you actually left? All those good things. How does that work? Okay. Well, the first call I got, I was on my way to Target with my kids and I was in a terrible mood. Mm. Um, because my daughter had forgotten to tell me that she needed some supplies for a project okay. and it was due the next day. Of, so course. of course I'm mad right? <laughs> and they're in the back seat, and I'm just like fuming and I get this phone call and it didn't say who it was. It just said private. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this probably, you know, telemarketer or right. whatever. So right. I answered, I'm like, hello. And I'm kind of in a bad mood. And she's like, hi, this is Donna from survivor casting. And I, <laughs> I had been sending in videos every six months for five and a half years. So I, and I know a lot of my friends knew that I was doing that. So I right. thought it was a friend playing a joke on me. <laughs> okay. I was like, stop it. <laughs> like, I think I even said, shut up. You know what I mean? Like, and, and she goes, no, no, I'm serious. Like we, we love your application, but we can't find a video for you. What? And I giggled and I said, okay, well, is there none in your survivor vault? Because I've been sending them in. Like every six months right. for five and a half years. Anyway, I ended up sending her one that actually a listener at the station made for me. She was taking a videography course and she knew I was auditioning for Survivor. She goes, can I do your audition video How cool. for my final project? And so, and they loved it. As a matter of fact, it's still up on their site as like, this is what we're looking for in an audition video. That is and, awesome. Um, yeah. So cool. So, um, so she called on March 8th and, um, and then by, I think it, you know, I ended up going into to Los Angeles where they did, I mean, I was there for over a week mm. doing testing and mental stuff and IQ. I mean, it was literally, mm. it was tough. I mean, and you can't talk to anybody cause they don't want you forming relationships yet. Right. Um, and the night before I was supposed to leave, they called me into a room and they said, we want to give you your immunizations in case you get picked. And I'm like, (laughs) okay. Uh I think I got like six of them, you know, in a hotel room with a doctor, you know, it was so (laughs) weird. And I, so they immunized me up and they said, we're 98% sure that we want you to be on the show, but we won't know for a couple weeks. Hmm. So there was more waiting. And um, then I got a call at the pizza place in TGK, South Carolina. I was standing right outside and a woman named Ellen called me and said, you've been selected to be on the next survivor. Wow, And I, again, like, felt like I was going to pass out because I'd wanted it for so long. <laughs> and then I was like, where are we going? She goes, it's a surprise. We'll tell you, you know, in a few days. Okay. And then I found out it was China. Yeah. So I was on the plane June 15th. And so how long, that was like two days after you then officially got the word? Uh, no, no, no. It's like a couple of weeks. A couple of weeks. Was, I mean, yeah. Yeah. So. Wow. China is a, a, a rough place to go to culture shock wise, oh. right? I mean, oh, yeah. culturally oh, yeah. so different from South Carolina. You think? <laughs> Just a bit. Well, and it's interesting because, you know, I grew up in Okinawa, Japan. So I was used okay. to the right. Oriental sort of, you know, feel. And I love, you know, all people. I don't really... I don't really see race. I don't see yeah. color. I, you know, when you're a military brat, you, you don't even realize that that's a, no. an issue. No. So it was really kind of nice for me to go back there. It felt a little comfortable. Yeah, um, good. 
in some weird ways, uh, but it was really a rough, rough environment for us. It yeah. was, we were on a lake, not on a beach with palm trees, which is what I always dreamed I'd be on. Mm-hmm. If I got on Survivor, it was, you know, palm trees and coconuts and waves crashing on the shore. But no, we got a, a, a lake in the middle of nowhere in China uh, with parasites in it that, of course, mm. decided to come inside of my stomach mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, got sick. It was it was tough. It was really tough. But it was it was also like one of the best experiences of my life. Yeah. There was a challenge that you had to make a decision on and had to take a stand, a personal belief stand. Tell us about that. And and first of all, before we get into that, let me say, obviously, I commend you for standing up for something that you believe in. And so share with our listeners a little bit more about that. And when you came to that realization, that decision that you had to make a stand. Yeah. You know, going on to the show was a really big dream of mine. And one of my prayers before I left and even while I was there was, you know, God, I I know this is such a big dream. And sometimes it can get kind of scary because our dreams almost get bigger than they should. And we start to sort of follow the dream rather Mm -hmm. than the dream giver. Do you know what I'm saying? Yes. And I would pray, Lord, don't let this mean more to me than you. Mm -hmm. I don't want this to mean more to me than you because I'm so excited and I'm so focused and I'm so ready for this. But, but you know, I don't want this to be my little G God. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Right. So we get there and the first thing they did was they had us walk up like 500 steps with all of our luggage And as we're climbing these steps, I just remember smelling incense the closer we got to the top. And I knew right away, I was like, we are going to a temple. I know it. Mm -hmm. And so then I started praying, Lord, just let me know if I'm crossing a line. I don't know what any of this means. I don't want to do anything to dishonor you. Uh, Just help me to know when I'm crossing the line. And so during ceremony at the beginning of Survivor China, they, they had us do a bunch of things in a temple and the whole time I'm praying and um, I'm really uncomfortable spiritually because honestly, I just, I had really only been surrendered as a believer, like a true believer for about four years at this point. Mm. And it was very, very strong, but I also had a lot of fears that I hadn't overcome yet. And so I wasn't sure what anything was. And I, I was so afraid to make God look bad, you know, or to upset him And so, like, that was really influencing my game, a lot of fear. Mm -hmm. Um, But we went in, and I did all the things that they had us do, but then at the end, they wanted us to bow, like, literally on the floor in front of this huge statue of Buddha. Mm -hmm. And I put a knee down, and I was like, okay, I'll just pray to God. You know, he knows my heart. He's more concerned about my heart than he is about the outside, you know. Right. But I couldn't do it. Like mm-hmm. I put one knee down and then I looked over my shoulder at a producer and I said, I can't do this. And he just kind of shrugged his shoulders like, all right, you know. <laughs> so I walked out and standing outside of a Buddhist temple, I felt the presence of God so strongly, mm-hmm. more than I've ever felt in my life. Like it was, it was heavy and it was, it was pleasure. Like he was proud of me. I could feel it. Mm-hmm. And so I just kind of slid down the wall and started bawling. Mm-hmm. And it was hard to do because I didn't want to bring attention to myself at the beginning of the game, you know, but I just 
to me, I was thinking, and the thought that did cross my mind was, okay, so I could stay in this temple and I could bow and I could say, you know, I'm praying to Jesus. He, I'm praying to God. He knows my heart. Right. But the people watching don't know that. Mm-hmm. And I said, it would be like if I were to say to my husband, honey, I, I love you so much, but you see the neighbor guy over there? I'm going to go make out with him, but don't worry. I'm going to be thinking about you the whole time. Right. And I knew in that moment I couldn't stay. And it didn't matter what anybody thought because all that mattered to me was that I knew I did the right thing. You get discernment for a reason. <laughs> yes. <laughs> because, because God knows you're going to need to use it. And if you put yourself out there in the world, you will have to use your discernment. And, and so I did. And I walked out. And then, of course, Jeff asked us, you know, he asked, well, another guy walked out, too. They didn't show this on the show, mm-hmm. but he was the poker player from Las Vegas. And so Jeff asked him first. He was like, you know, why did you walk out? And he said, I don't know. It, it was weird. It, mm-hmm. I'm just not religious. That was all he said. Okay. So then Jeff looked at me. Jeff is the the host of the show. Right. And he said, he goes, so Leslie, you know, what happened? And I said, well, I'm not religious either because I didn't want it to seem like it was a religious thing. Yes. Because I don't know. And and so I said, I'm not religious either, but I have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And I'm only going to put my face on the floor for him. Mm-hmm. And he said, you know, we told you this wasn't religious. And I said, well, it felt like worship to me. And, you know, I don't want to be disrespectful, but it felt like worship to me. And, you know, he said, well, how do you feel like people are going to see you in the game now? And I said, well, listen, if they like me, great. If they don't, I'll deal with that. You know, I mean, what are you going to say? Yeah. So, yeah, that was my, my big challenge. And as I stood outside of that temple and I was, I felt the presence of God and I knew I did the right thing. Like I knew in that moment that God was giving me a gift. He was showing me that he meant more to me than that dream. I was willing to walk away because I honestly thought they were going to take me out of the game because they said, if you offend the Chinese culture in any way during the ceremony, we will take you out of the game and put your replacement in because hmm. they had like a backup cast. So I thought when I walked out that it was over. I was surprised they kept me in the game, mm-hmm. but nobody was offended because it was respectful and it was right. just me being true to who I am and what I believe. And so, yeah, he, yeah. he let me see. It doesn't mean more to you than me. Right. Now go have fun, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, I remember watching that and just realizing that you made that decision of not going to bow, you know, flat out that it says not going to bow to any other idols. And you made that decision that you're going to be true to that. And so for that, obviously tons of respect and you were looked upon with a lot of respect from many, many people. I do know for sure. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there was, there was respect. There was also a lot of um, pushback from people. Sure. Um, you know, there it's crazy. If you put yourself out there, you're going to get haters and you're going to yep. get people who like you way more than you deserve to be liked. <laughs> right. And, and yeah. I had a mixture of both and it was incredibly difficult for me to, to walk through that because I'm, you know, I, I, of course I was on the radio in Charlotte, but that's like a, you know, not that much exposure. Well, I go on this television show that literally 15 million people were watching when that happened. Mm -hmm. And then I still 
years after, even to this day, I get emails and, and notes on social media from people who are watching it for the first time. Mm. And you wouldn't believe, like, it's crazy how people, like, they really connected. Mm-hmm. They want to understand, why did you say you're not religious? You work in a Christian radio station. Why did you? And I get to explain it. And, you know, one of the verses that, that God sort of put on my heart was from, I believe it's First Peter, where it says, you know, always be ready for an answer for the hope that you have, but do it with gentleness and respect. Mm-hmm. And when people would ask me questions, and they did, I would just answer. I didn't have to preach because people wanted to understand, even the people on the cast, not just people watching. People, once I was voted off, people who were in the you know mm-hmm. production wanted to, to understand my decision. And, and I was able to answer them with gentleness and respect. And bottom line is, if you feel that something is wrong, don't do it. It's your conscience. But it doesn't mean that I have to push that on anybody else. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. And and so I, I had a few other believers who were on the other tribe. Um, and they, at one point in the game, they kidnapped me, quote unquote. <laughs> and um, I went over there and they all said, do you, do you look down on us? Because we didn't walk mm. out. And I was like, absolutely not. That's between you and God. Listen, I was just listening to my conviction. Mm-hmm. God told me to get out, and I did, you know, and if he didn't tell you to do that, that's between you and him, and, and he's got a purpose for you in that as well. So you know, it's weird when you, when you find yourself, and even Mark Burnett himself, the producer of Survivor, mm-hmm. the guy who's like the executive dude, he said, I like to, to cast Christians because it's like when somebody who's closer to what he says is, life's ideal state, walks into a room full of unbelievers. They feel quietly scorned for their imperfections. Mm. They feel like there's something wrong with them. And that that believer doesn't even have to say anything because it's just that moral... um, Moral compass. They just, Yeah, it's like this moral thing. And so he likes to see how that, you know, they... They cast people who will bring conflict to the show because that's what brings viewers. Right. I am not a conflict kind of person. I am. I hate confrontation. I'm very kind, but my faith, he knew, would bring conflict. Mm. And it was an internal one that not only did the cast feel, but everybody watching felt like, what would I do? How come, you know, and I, I just think that that's, you know, something to keep in mind when you're watching the show. Like, there's a reason that person was cast. Mm-hmm. There's they, they bring conflict of some sort to this game. Wow, that's fascinating stuff. That, I'm glad you shared that with us. That's that's so interesting to hear. One thing to keep in mind too is when you're cast, you're cast as a character. They take one aspect of your personality and they blow it up. Right. So you are one dimensional. I was a very one-dimensional character. I was Sister Christian. I was the woman yeah. who loved Jesus. And that's what they honed in on. They didn't show any of my gameplay. They didn't show when I, oh, there was one point I had to lie. They didn't show it. There was one point when I was thrown off a boat and I said a cuss word and I beat myself <laughs> up. Like, I cried. Oh. I cried and I beat myself up. And I was like, oh, God, I'm so sorry. I'm going to make you look bad. And, and so I get back home and I'm waiting for the show. You know, you get back and then they premiere it a couple months later. Mm-hmm. They never showed anything that I did that was 
anywhere human except for my hmm. my faith. And I was I remember praying the night after the, the the episode where I was voted off, and I was like, God, I can't believe you protected me from that. Like, thank you. And 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 I said, I just I'm so sorry. I just didn't want to make you look bad. And I just felt him say in my heart, like, sweetheart, you are not that powerful. I am hmm. God. Like, I can take care of myself. You were being you. And you and that, you know, whatever you did that was wrong was between me and you. Hmm. It wasn't, you didn't have to work. You don't have to carry that. And, that, and that's a message for everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have to carry God's reputation on your shoulders because he's way bigger than us. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. That is neat. Everybody needs to hear it. I need to hear that. That's we good. all do. Yeah. yeah. I think we, we tend to put so much pressure on ourselves to, you know, oh, we need to make God look good. And the truth is, you know, what makes God look good is when somebody's a human being flaws and all, and they are humble and they are, you know, he's, I always tell my kids, I always told them this growing up, like God doesn't like for us to sin, but he's more concerned with what you do after you sin than the actual sin. Hmm. Are you going to learn from it and grow? Are you going to teach other people? Are you, you know, like he's more concerned about your heart and how you're growing than your behavior. And he even says, I desire I don't want you to sacrifice. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want your sacrifices. I just want your devotion. Mm-hmm. And you might want to consider a, a teaching, preaching kind of situation. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I did a lot of that afterward, but you know, my, yeah. my, my star is not quite as bright as it was, you know, you lose your 15 <laughs> minutes of fame. Oh. Um, and so I haven't been doing as much of that, but I do yeah. have a podcast now. Yeah. Um, tell me but about it's that. Not, well, it's actually just a little fun thing we do. It's not a Christian, quote unquote. I, I'm trying to like understand, like, you know, we, we label things, but I think as believers, no matter what we do, it should just be a reflection of our faith and who we yeah. are. And so it's not, quote unquote, Christian. You're not going to like listen to it and like grow spiritually, but you're going to connect with me and my sister, who are both middle-aged women going through what middle-aged women go through. And we have a podcast called Midlife Madness. <laughs> Midlife Madness. That's great. And we talk about things. And there are times where I talk about my faith, but, you know, we also talk about chin hair and, you know, menopause and <laughs> all the fun things that we get to go through. So it's, you know, it's actually really funny. We have a, a segment each week where we talk about, you know, it's called, I can't believe she said that out loud. And we say <laughs> embarrassing things that happened to us that week. And, it's just super fun. It's very light. It, you know, you got time to kill in the car. You're on a commute. We'll, we'll keep you company. That's great. <laughs> and I'm sure yeah. it's available wherever podcasts are found, just like with our podcast oh, yeah. too. Yeah. It's, it's pretty much everywhere. Whatever you, whatever podcast service you use, it's probably there. Yeah. Good life madness. Thank you for that. That's awesome. So you and your husband then moved from South Carolina and you made another big yeah a big move in your life <laughs> and tell, yes. tell our listeners where you are now, what you're doing right now. Okay. You know, when my kids all grew up and they were leaving the house, our daughter was going to college. She had just graduated. My husband just looked at me one day and he was like, how would you feel about moving out West? <laughs> and like, I know he loves to climb mountains and hike and he loves all of the things out here. And So I said, all right, well, sounds like an adventure to me. I'm always down for an adventure and I don't mind moving because I'm, it's easy for me. I just, I don't know. I think being a military brat made that kind of an easier thing for me to do. And so we, he got, it was a sort of a lateral move within his company. 
they needed somebody to come out and be a, you know, a VP for the Northwest region because they were really growing. And he had been in the Southeast and had grown it up. And so now they were like, hey, you know, come on over here. And so we moved and we could have moved anywhere between Washington State, Idaho, Oregon, Utah and Colorado. And we chose Utah because the mountains here are ridiculous. They're so amazing. Mm. We've lived here for a couple of years now, maybe two and a half years. Yeah, we love it. We, we live right near Park City, Utah. There's all the skiing. I finally learned how to ski. Never put skis on in my life <laughs> until a couple of years ago. And now I love it. Good. Um, it's just really fun, just an adventure. And so I am actually back, you know, I've been doing, and I didn't even mention this, but I've been in the fitness industry since like 1994. Right. Opened so your I'm own facility, manage. right? Yeah. Yeah. I had my own, my own place in South Carolina called Hub Fitness. Well, I came here and there was a woman kind of doing what I was doing with Hub Fitness, but a lot bigger. So I'm helping her manage her studio. It's called the studio. Okay. And it's like, they do hot yoga and they do bar and they do step and they do spin and team trainings. It's like super fun. So I'm still teaching classes and helping her manage and absolutely loving Utah. It is, ugh, I almost don't want to say it out loud because I don't, anybody else moving here <laughs> um, because we've had a lot of people move here over COVID Yeah. and uh, the housing market has gotten pretty crazy. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. What else do you have coming up? Is that just sort of, you're sort of in a sweet spot right now, it sounds like. Do you have other big plans yeah. on the horizon or are you just sort of just on cruise and this is this is good life right now? Right now, I think I'm just, you know, this has been a really hard year for me, uh, not just because of COVID. I've lost two of my best friends to cancer. Mm -hmm. One of them a couple months ago and I, you know, she was in South Carolina and another one, literally I'm leaving tomorrow to go celebrate her life with her family and friends. Um, she lived in Minnesota. Her name was Sunday. And she was actually, <laughs> she was a survivor sister, you could say. Mm -hmm. She was on Survivor Millennials versus Gen X. She was kind of my counterpart. She and I both were, you know, about the same age. We both have four kids. We both love Jesus. We both were speakers and writers and, you know, all of that. And um, yeah, she just passed away. And so we're going to celebrate her life. But I think right now I'm kind of in a healing place, just, you know, just the loss from this year, the, the hard things from this year, just kind of trying to, I'm, I'm usually pretty public, but I feel like right now I'm in a season of not really being very public, just kind of being alone with the Lord. And I don't know, the way I, the way I describe it is, you know, how when, when Peter stepped out of the boat and walked on the water toward Jesus. I feel like right now I've kind of stepped out of the boat mm -hmm. and I'm walking toward him and I've got my eyes on him and eventually I'll get back in the boat. But right now I'm kind of in a place. And, and that's why it's like, why am I doing this podcast? Well, I'm doing it because I feel like people need to hear that it's okay to be in that place right. of just you and the Lord and, and healing. And yeah, I don't know what's next. I think, you know, I'm still going to do the podcast right now. We're kind of on a break. Uh, we've had some just hard things that we've had to go through this yeah. year, and but there's plenty of episodes that are on there right now. We just need to probably in the next month or so, we'll start recording some new episodes, but just trying to, to do my thing, yeah. trying to heal, trying to see where God's, what he's got for me next. I'm, I'm not sure if it'll be public or if it'll be personal or if, I don't know. Yeah. I, I just hold it very, everything loosely. Yeah. Sometimes we just 
need that time. And we just have to look to God, like you said. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's not lost on me that, you know, I came out to Utah and it's the high desert. You know how Jesus went to the desert mm-hmm. and learned so much about everything. You know, he grew and, and that's where you know he was tempted and all that. And I feel like I'm kind of in my desert right now mm-hmm. going through a lot of things. I think it's hard coming from the Bible Belt to the Mormon Belt, mm-hmm. right. <laughs> if you will. Right. And so it's a li- it's different and it's hard and you know I'm, I'm just it's been really great and really hard. I've heard this before, but unless you're uncomfortable, you're probably not going to grow. Mm-hmm. So right, I'm a little uncomfortable. Yeah, <laughs> that means you're growing. Yeah, exactly, so, exactly. Yeah. So before we wrap up, how can somebody reach out to you and uh, follow your podcast? Well, we mentioned that a little bit, but. Perhaps uh, your online presence. How can somebody follow what you're doing online? Yeah, I'm on all the major ones like Facebook and Instagram and Twitter, Leslie Neese, N-E-A-S-E. And I also, of course, midlifemadnesspodcast.com is where you can find out more about our podcast. Perfect. And you can, of course, subscribe to it through iTunes or, I mean, Prime, you name it, or pretty much everywhere. So Spotify, we're, we're all over the place. And so, you know, there are ways to reach out to me there. Just kind of, you know, living my life. Yep. <laughs> well, thank you so much for spending some time chatting with me today. This has been so fun and so interesting. Learning a lot about uh, the process of Survivor, learning more about you, and I appreciate it. Yeah, well, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. It was kind of fun to talk. It was good to feel like I was in that place of speaking again you know I I think I haven't done it in so long that I was like whoa wait a minute this feels really good right so maybe there will be more of that who knows (laughs) who knows what God has that's right (laughs) for sure well Leslie thank you so much for being with me today yeah thanks for having me it was so fun to talk appreciate it Glenn I hope you enjoyed another edition of the podcast I've got another great guest lined up for you next time hope to see you then Thanks for listening to the Doing Life with Goodwin on the Radio podcast. You can find more on social media at Goodwin on the Radio.